welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I am Lenfoot. And welcome to the Drunken Podcast. <laughs> we are hopped up on beer and gravy fries and ready to give you expertise. We're coming from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois. And listen Rockin'. to this. It's wild. Wild in the studio audience. And they are ready for expertise because tonight we are going to be talking insane Facebook rantings about Kobe Bryant <laughs> from a certified lunatic. We'll also be talking MLB, the week that was, Cubs, Guardians, angry Jagbags fans who are uh, angry about the short shrift being given to the South side Chicago baseball team. We'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, really? Yes. Uh Oh man. I didn't hear about that. I got some. That wasn't in the production meeting. Well, I wanted to surprise you. I just want to get an honest reaction from you. But Um, we also had complaints from uh, Courtney Vandersloot and James Wade too. Yeah, we did. I mean, listen. We'll, we'll get into that, too. I'll address that in full. <laughs> uh, the NBA Finals are underway. We'll review our picks and uh, talk about this deadlocked series at one. I recommend where Len and I will recommend something on this earth that we have encountered in our travels and our adventures through the week. And usually it's something really awesome that will uh, improve your life. It'll change your life, in fact. I know my recommendation will. Uh, and then finally, in the segment that never ends, Beeb's reviews of <laughs> Rolling Stone's top 500 albums list of all time. This week, I'll be reviewing albums by GZA, The Arctic Monkeys, and Bruce Springsteen. So it should be a good one. And then finally, the 80s bracket is underway. It's already intense. Very intense. And we'll just go through some of that. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that, you know, no particular order, kind of as the spirit moves us. But... Um, should we, what should we, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about Mr. Mr. Landon Hudson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Give everybody some Landon Hudson background. Oh my goodness. I do love Landon Hudson. You know what? I, <laughs> Landon Hudson is a man on a mission. He is driven. He is exercising the Mamba mentality on Facebook. Landon Hudson is a member of a uh, Facebook group that talks about, it's actually for NBA and ABA, it's more like old school. So it's a lot of guys talking about basketball in the 70s and the 80s. He's in the wrong group. Endless Bobby Dandridge posts. I, I Right, exactly. It's like, who remembers the amazing Dave Twardzik? <laughs> And uh, it's just, it's awesome. Gene Shue, robbed of several Coach of the Year awards. <laughs> I was just going to say, why don't more people talk about Bobby Jones? Yeah, right. Bobby Jones had a sick dunk. 
I'll have to find that YouTube. I saw it on one of them. I was like, wow, he could jump. But anyway, back to the topic of ham, which is Mr. Landon Hudson. <laughs> Landon Hudson is a member of this group, and it's his personal mission to convince you that the greatest player of all time is Kobe Bryant. And it's just, all his posts are just like, the evidence is quite clear. <laughs> like it's, it's something objective. Like, yeah. like science can prove that Kobe Bryant was the greatest <laughs> player of all time. I will slice and dissect these numbers. He's very numbers heavy. He loves memes. And uh, he um, just loves to, uh, and, and the way he does lay it out. I mean, I mean, these are not like quick posts, like a couple sentences. <laughs> I mean, these go on and on. I mean, my God. You picture his wall full of clippings. I don't Kobe even want to, clippings all I don't over. even want to picture his wall. <laughs> this is this is America. I picture what now, now when you <laughs> now when you think of Landon Hudson like what kind of person, like if you could like write a description of like his physical appearance, because I'll, I'll go first. So I picture Landon Hudson. I, I, I'd say he's about, um, see his name is Landon. So he's not a young guy. He's older. I think I picture him like early forties, early mid forties. And uh, kind of which a, could be one of the reasons why he identifies with Kobe if they're similar age. Yeah, it could be. That's that. That's that a reason. Sense. Yeah. To me, when I when I read Landon Hudson, I think of George Jefferson. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think of. Kobe Bryant is moving on up to Kobe number Bryant one. Is on moving the on up to number one. <laughs> so, of course. Now, at first I was like, you're ridiculous. Now I think, I can't decide whether his goal is just to troll everybody. I think he's just bored. And I, don't think, I don't think so. No? I don't think he's trolling. I think he really, this is something he's obsessed with. He really is. It's bordering on mental illness. <laughs> It's every day almost, right? Lately, he's really upped. He went he went a little crazy this past week. Yes. He normally will post like maybe once a week. Maybe NBA Finals gets to him. He could be riled up watching the NBA Finals. And There's not enough Kobe references, so. I mean, Jason Tatum is like trying to imitate Kobe Bryant to the to the letter, um, which means he shot three for 17. I, well, and like I said, to the letter. Um, but Landon Hudson is the reason why, you know, I love to like hate on Kobe. It's not Kobe Bryant, although I, I thought he was a selfish teammate and was, you know, you know, awful to his, to, awful to his guys. And, um, but he did win five rings. So, you know, he's a top 20 all-time player. Of course he is. Of course he is. Um, but these guys who are just like, he was the greatest who ever lived. 
And see what Landon Hudson did just now. He starts going, now he's going after Michael Jordan. He's decided that it's not enough to rip on Kobe. Now he's going after Michael. And, uh, <laughs> and for this, he must be stopped in his tracks. <laughs> he's crossed a line. And so now I read... <laughs> Now I reply to him all the time. Last night, it took me like all night to reply to all of his. I thought, well, you know, he's got a couple. Because you wrote, you texted me and you're like, Landon Hudson is clinically insane. <laughs> and I thought something happened. It's and not it just happen. you, though, because I see you <laughs> doing it. Now everybody is. There's like three different people wrote. Can you post about somebody else? And his Landon Hudson's reply is always, I'll do it just for you. But of course, he doesn't post about anybody else. Yeah. He seems friendly, somewhat friendly in some of the comments, like normal. Right. Um, right. So maybe he's not completely lost it yet. No. But the potential is there. I, although I am cutting in my trolling, and by the way, I like to say a little word about trolling <laughs> since I love to do it. It's really, you know, I'm on these boring work calls and, you know, I've got like 10 minutes to kill where I'm waiting to talk. So I just go on Facebook and, and uh, <laughs> I'll go on Twitter and it's, <laughs> there's a guy on Twitter that I find very effective because he ends and I'm copying him now on my Landon Hudson post because he, this guy on Twitter, and I forget his handle name, but he ends all his tweets with, by the way, Michael Jordan is 0-6 lifetime in the finals. You know, by the way, Jordan, 0-6 in the finals. And so I know what he's doing. And the guy, this person who writes, he's probably like 16, 15 or 16. And, uh, and I see what he's doing, and but it's effective. Because if I see it and I'm in the wrong mood, I'm like, Michael Jordan never lost an NBA final, sir. Uh, <laughs> even though that's what he wants. Mm -hmm. So I am now, I'm closing all of my posts by saying that I consider Kobe Bryant to be ranked number 12 all time. <laughs> which I think is like awfully great. Uh, but that yeah, I have to sit down and look, but I'm not a big Kobe fan either. So that might be a little high. Oh, really? You'd rank him even, you'd mm -hmm. rank him even lower than number 12. Yeah, maybe I'd have to look. I'm looking for like really incendiary remarks that I can make. Um, I'm <laughs> Kobe couldn't dribble lefty. Or Jerry West is quite clearly better than Kobe Bryant. Uh, and uh, Kobe set a record for most baseline air balls in one season. <laughs> make up stats. Yeah. Kobe, nobody punched Phil Jackson more than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> that might be true, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Come up with like completely untrue facts about Kobe. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone knows Kobe cuts in line. <laughs> Kobe took four stops every time he shot the ball. Oh, 
all the time. If Kobe played in the 60s, he would average about nine points a game. <laughs> but, but, I know but, this to but be like, true. But, but, but 9.6. Kobe would average 9.6 points a game. <laughs> that would that would that might be the one that sinks him. Oh, Same I man. mean, I need the one that threatens him. He told me the STFU. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, which I enjoyed. <laughs> the Jagbags listen. STFU actually stands for Stop Talking About Felix Unger. So, oh, remaking intense odd couple references again. Right. I, I probably was. All right. I'm, I'll switch to Oscar Madison, Landon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Landon Hudson. So it, it makes more sense. Landon Hudson sounds like a character on The Odd Couple. <laughs> Got to clean up the apartment. Landon Hudson will be here for dinner. He's bringing his <laughs> wife Cheryl. <laughs> A lovely Cheryl Hudson. Uh, I'm going to invite him to listen to Jag Mags, and I hope he tunes in. Landon, we have an NBA one coming up. Our ten favorite players of all time. That's coming up pretty soon. We'll have him as a guest. Oh my god! No, we will not have him as a guest. <laughs> no, we'll not. Bad, have him as a guest. bad idea. That's a bad idea. All right, scratch that. Yep. Anyway, Landon, Godspeed to you. I think I will hire him uh, and just let him run my office. Although, you know, he probably won't get anything done because he'll be obsessing and pouring over Kobe Bryant stats from round two of the 2003 NBA playoffs. <laughs> anyway. Any more on the great Landon Hudson? I love Landon. Landon, never change, never stop. <laughs> Hi. It brings me great joy to see you in my Facebook feed. <laughs> All right. Reluctantly, we move on. Um, what about the finals? Have you watched a couple games? I haven't seen anything yet. I watched game one. I thought it was the best game of the playoffs. And then I watched great uh, rally by the Celtics, right? Was that a great rally by the Celtics? Amazing. Yeah. Warriors got the guy to be like, fuck, we should be up two nothing on these guys. Um, especially after game two. Um, because game two, I felt like but game two, I mean, Warriors are only up two at halftime. And I was like, all right, this is gonna be an entertaining. Finals, finally, no more blowouts. This is, these are all going to be really tight games. And the Warriors went berserk. Uh, more importantly, Steph Curry went berserk. Mm-hmm. And um, so I felt like the Celtics in game two actually did a pretty good job defensively. I mean, they held Wiggins down for the most part. They never really let Poole get loose. Clay Thompson didn't do anything. Um, and Draymond Green didn't. Draymond Green... He basically came out in game two and was like, I am not going to stop, you know, being an asshole. He, like he pulled down Jalen Brown's shorts and never shot. I mean, he was at his all time classic Draymond Green, irritant, bad guy, villainous. That, that was his goal. You could tell he was going to come out and be like, that's why the warriors, if they didn't have him, 
I like their team a lot. And I, I do, I still like most of their team, but with him on there, can't, it's hard to root for him. It is. It really is. Um, yeah, it's antics, and you wonder what's going to happen because Green is going to push it as far as the refs will let him. And if I were the Celtics coach, the thing is you have to be careful about how you engage Green because Green is a master at trash talk, and you know that's what he wants. He wants you, the opponent, to be thinking about him more than – what you have to do to, to, to beat golden state because Green's stats are not that he averaged another triple single or, you know, he, he, he didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he held Horford down Horford. He did do a good job defensively on Horford and he, and he totally cowed. I thought Grant Williams, he was really like, would not shut up. He was, he was in Grant Williams space all night just screaming at him. You know, I, I, th- I think it was, he was trying to intimidate him mm-hmm. and it worked. And I felt, I thought, I thought Grant Williams was like, and, you know, he definitely took him out of his game. I felt. So the Celtics are really going to have to, you know, and if I were the coach, I'd be like, the refs need to take a look at what, you know, like, you know, how Phil, one of the things I like best about Phil Jackson when he coached the bulls, was he would just plant seeds yep. in those press conferences mm-hmm. about, you know, if Phil were coaching the Celtics, he'd be like, the, you know, the refs need to take a strong look at what, how Green is holding Williams right. in the low post. Mm-hmm. Or Green is, you know, using too much and like cites the rule book and just plants that not only in the ref's mind, but in everyone's mind. And it was so effective. It was very effective. Um, you know, maybe that's what, um, I'm surprised more coaches don't do that because it worked. I felt like. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch Wednesday. Yeah. I should be able to. I feel like well, still- knowing, knowing, <laughs> knowing the pattern of the playoffs, it's going to be whoever wins the series is going to win four blowouts to three. I know. Right. God. It'd be nice to have some good games. I feel like. Uh, just two more things. Remember how we talked about last week about how, like, you know, the, the the opponents would basically dare Wiggins and Poole to beat them because they were focusing so much on Curry and 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 Clay Thompson. And I felt like the Celtics in Game Two were like, well, maybe Curry is over the hill, and we've got to stop Wiggins, and we've got to stop Poole. Mm-hmm. Because Clay Thompson is through, and maybe Curry has kind of lost the fastball too. That, that that third quarter blitz that was classic Golden State. That was a class. They just before they knew that before the Celtics knew it, they were down fifteen. It was just like shum 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 shum. It was yeah. turning back the clock. Well, but what we said last week though is, can they keep doing that? Which is why I think the Celtics are going to win. I think next game they don't do that. I agree. Let me take the Celtics win. I, I look for the Celtics to win game three. Um, and I, I look for the Celtics to be more aggressive. In some ways, you wonder if that was Golden State's best shot. And 
you know, who knows the other, if you're the Warriors fan, you're like, the Celtics are finally slowing down because they were in two tough seven game series. Right. And maybe they are tired and golden state had a pretty easy time against Dallas. Yeah. But the, the finals are so spaced out. So now the Celtics have two days to rest and watch film, maybe figure some stuff out. Right. And get it back together. And a guy like Horford, who's older, he might come out blazing again. They need a third. First of all, Brown and Tatum, we got to play better. Got to play better. Yeah. Well, Tatum played really poorly in game one and Brown played bad last night. Right. Yeah. Brown was not good. Yeah. And that's, that hasn't happened. They've both been really good and consistent the whole playoffs. So. So they both got to come out and then they need one more guy to, whether it's Williams or Smart or Horford or uh, who's the other guy, Pritchard, the white guy who can really shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart, I don't, I don't think you can count on Smart to have good offensive games consistently. He's, yeah. the, he's a defense guy. So Horford or Pritchard or Williams or Derek White. Oh yeah, Derek White. Derek the key White. to even overlooked now. The key. Well, the Derek to... White stats are defense. I that's yeah. what I think he brought. That's okay. what I keep reading is that he's their shutdown guy. We said, well, Smart's their shutdown guy, but White's a close second. Yeah. You have two guys that that play that well on defense. Oh, and we talked about that last week too. That every starter got an all defensive vote. Yeah, crazy. So get back to that next game and get uh, Tatum and Brown both going in the same game, I think they'll win. Yeah, I agree. Sounds like we're both subconsciously rooting for Boston. <laughs> well, you bring up Draymond Green, it's not really subconscious then. You're like, ah. I know, he was, he was at his, the Celtics. He was Even at his I can't game. say there's a Celtics. I mean, Horford, I guess I like. I don't dislike anybody on the Celtics. I actually yeah. kind of like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown seems like a good guy. But, uh, no, I don't dislike any of them. I don't really, but I don't really know them well enough. You know what I mean? I haven't watched them enough to get a sense of them. The closest guy that I came close to like really hating and it was when they were playing the Cavs was smart because mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. Is, yeah. He's, he's like, he's kind of like green. He's a, he's a junkyard dog type. And yeah, he, defensive guys are hard to like, cause they're irritants. That's their, that's that's the reason they're in the NBA and and the coaches tell them to do that. Yeah. Anyway, more to come on the NBA finals. I think they should go back to the old NBA and NBC theme music. That dun 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 dun. Awesome. Or the old NBA on CBS theme that dun 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 dun. No, you know, you have to understand that what's that the NBA and NBC theme just reminds me of the Bulls glory years. So I'm always (laughs) that's just a response. Do you know who composed that theme music? Mr. John Tesh. (laughs) Really? Wow, good for you. Thank you. Good for you, Teshi. I provide uh, Jag Bags here in Jag Bags. We provide you 
the facts, things <laughs> you didn't know. Um, so yeah, should be a good uh, should be a good game three. I hope. I hope no blowouts. I'm sick of blowouts. Yeah, everybody is. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, Adam Silver will decree it because Adam Silver controls the NBA down <laughs> to <laughs> what he says goes, <laughs> as we all know. All right, should we move on to baseball? I'd love to. Why don't you talk Guardians? Because I, I have a lot to say about the Cubs. Guardians have been playing let's really go, well. Let's go, let's go backwards from what we usually do. We'll go Guardians, White Sox, then Cubs. How about that? Guardians have been playing real well. They've won. They're ahead of the Sox still, right? Yeah, they've won six out of their last seven. Nice. And, uh, they, uh, I mean, they've been playing the Royals and the Orioles who suck, but they did exactly what you're supposed to do against crappy teams. And that's, they swept KC and took two out of three from Baltimore. Uh, Bieber, uh, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, two earned runs. Fantastic. Please. How bad are the Orioles? Cause the Cubs play them next. They're pretty bad. Um, I think their record is worse than the Cubs. Um, Oh, I have many things to say about the Cubs. You just wait. Oh, boy. <laughs> Len has had it. No, I have not had it. I have not had it. But it's things a, are going to change. a fair assessment. There's some optimism and there's some pessimism. We'll okay. get to it. Okay. Um, no, uh, Ramirez is swinging the bat really well. The starting pitching is really starting to improve. You know, he's been pitching really well. And I keep forgetting to mention him. But last year, the Guardians traded uh, Cesar Hernandez, their second mm -hmm. baseman, to the Sox. And they got this guy, Connor Pilkington, who is built a little bit like our friend Scott Oakley. Wait, what's his name? Connor Pilkington. Oh, my gosh. That's his name. That sounds like one of the names we would make up for one of what do you mean make up? Our characters are all, uh, I don't understand. Um, he does sound like he should Franklin be. Franklin Sampson's <laughs> legal counsel. Connor Mr. Pilkington. Mr. Connor Pilkington. Will he? Actually, it's the judge in our case, Judge Pilkington. Judge Pilkington. There we go. Um, yeah, Connor Pilkington. He's built, he's built uh, slightly like our friend uh scott oaken mm -hmm. or uh terry forster uh or um uh let's say conditioning is not his strong suit mm -hmm. and uh but this guy can pitch yeah. he's been pitching they did not think he would make the big club this year he was a double a guy they liked how he pitched he wasn't really doing anything special for the Sox, and i was like i wonder what they see in him because his numbers for the Sox aren't that great. He made the team, and now he's, he's he's like their fifth starter, and he's pitching well. So you know, fingers, knock on wood there. Um, so the starting rotation is improving. Reyes is hurt. Um, I continue to like Owen Miller and what he's doing. What's where's Owen Miller play? He's a pitcher too. Owen Miller is a third baseman. And outfielder. 
Okay. You have to educate me because I'm strictly National League. Yeah. Owen, Owen Miller, he got off to a great start for the Guardians hitting wise. Great start. Kind of overlooked because Quan was hitting something like 675 uh, in April. And um, so Miller was hitting only 392. Um, but Miller was smacking the ball, then got hurt. And now he's back and he is continuing to hit well. So he's been a nice addition to the lineup. Jimenez, I don't understand Francona. It's the first time I rare, I think Francona pushes all the right buttons. I really do. I mean, I just think the guy's guy's a great manager. And Mm -hmm. even when, even when I don't understand what he's doing, normally most of the time I'm proven wrong. But the one thing that I don't understand now is that Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, he's a young guy. And I get that Francona wants to bring him along slowly, but this guy's hitting great. Uh, why not play him every day? Um, so um, I, he should play more. They keep, they keep putting in, uh, you know, um, Rosario um, at short. And I'm like, Rosario is not a good shortstop. He can hit Ahmed Rosario. He's like a singles hitter. I don't know. Maybe they're shop. They want to shop Rosario. I don't understand. Um, and then the last thing that I will say is that your pal, uh, Ernie Clement. Yes. Um, is in a Twitter beef <laughs> with this fan. It's the greatest. <laughs> Go get him, Ernie. What's the beef about? Uh, it's a taunting fan. I think it's you. I think you no, have a burner. I'm a fan of Ernie Clement. I would oh, never okay. taunt Ernie Clement. It, maybe it's our friend Anthony. who. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see him doing that. <laughs> he has a burner account under the very clever alias of Hiram. Hiram Boyd. And Could be. Could Hiram's be. like, yeah, Ernie. Yeah, nice, nice strikeout in the seventh. Well, you stink. <laughs> Ernie Clement, he's like me. He just takes the bait. Like, hey, I went two for four. Fuck nuts. Now what? <laughs> Iron Boyd's like, hey, yeah, do three? not take the bait. That's that's uh, he's young. Yeah, oh. until he's young when he takes the bait on something like that. It's delicious, Ernie and Hiram. <laughs> I love it so much. They've been quiet lately, and I'm sad. I wonder if Guardians management found out about it. I was like, Ernie, okay, you're, hit, you're hitting 221. <laughs> You'll uh, always have a fan in Chicago. Yes. It's okay, Ernie Clement. Ernie faxed me. And, and my, my next favorite guy, Nate, tell me his name again. Oh, Connor Pilkington. I, I love, I, I want a Connor Pilkington jersey. Also, it's Connor with the K. Oh man! Yeah, Connor. That K-O. is a Hall of Fame name. K O N N O R. Connor. Pilkington. Pilkington. Oh. Or K Pilk. <laughs> um, Len is really just like blown away by the. Len loves names. I the next week. I'm 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 putting this out there. I want you to. Give me your five favorite names in sports. <laughs> okay. Your other names that make you laugh the hardest <laughs> in sports. 
<laughs> Love Connor Pilkington. Connor Pilkington is a worthy contender. He he was great in the Paddington franchise. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm glad though he 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 switched to baseball because he seems to be doing very well. Uh, <laughs> I thought that um, Peter Rabbit uh, and uh, Cottontail. I thought they lived on Twelve Pilkington Lane. <laughs> And they were taking Mr. McGillicuddy's currents from his garden. <laughs> yes. That's uh, great. That's the best news. I, I'm here. That's why I'm, I'm here. just, I love that his name spelled with a K. That's like the icing on the cake. Well, we're going to, we're going to explore Mr. Pilkington later. Should we move on to the White Sox? Yeah. Tell me this complaint you have. Yes. Uh, our diamond listener, Bruce Hollett. <laughs> uh, was just texting me furiously, like, "Oh, he didn't fax. That's yeah. that's no, that's a no no. Why didn't he I fax know. you? Well, they, he went against protocol. That's why I didn't bring it up in the production meeting because okay. I'd have been shut down. But uh, he's texting me. He's like, "I'm, you know, I'm in the car. I'm driving. I'm listening. To jag bags. We're like, we. I had to endure forty five minutes of Cubs." <laughs> And there's stupid prospects and, you know, and then you finally. Oh, was that the full baseball-ish one with Anthony? Yeah, with Anthony. Oh, okay. Well, okay. And you finally get to the Sox. Finally. (laughs) I mean, you're not even five minutes in before. Oh, look, one of the prospects just hit a home run. Oh, isn't that amazing? And then back to the Cubs. And then when you come back to the Sox, it's basically like, you know what? I hate them. (laughs) And we're not going to talk about them anymore because i hate them <laughs> well bruce is on next week he can bruce offer uh, some more like to register i told him i said listen we have a formal diamond listeners complaint form it's a you know it's a six-page document that you have to fill out in triplicate and fax it and fax it yeah so i'm waiting on that and you have to put the jag bags temp- template as the header yeah, so we know it's legit if you're a okay. diamond listener. Right. So you'll get to it. Yeah, I know you're sorting through a lot of faxes. We'll get through that in a minute. Oh, I mean, we'll get to that man. A, I will, oh, man. A little bit. Several from myself. But uh, <laughs> when, I, when I'm done with the bracket, I'm going to list the five omissions that you got the most faxes on. I'm going okay. to wait till I'm done with the bracket. Um, by the way, we're still, we, we, I think we only lasted 60 seconds on the socks before we started talking about the eighties bracket. So. <laughs> we, <laughs> we get distracted. We are chilling. Well, I, I will say this for you, Bruce. Who cares? I'm sorry. The, <laughs> they did. They did have a nice bounce back series against the Rays. Yeah. And Tampa's tough. A really good team, and they won two games. Two, they won a series. They did. So, but it just gets tougher for them because now they have the Dodgers. Oh man, that's a rough one. Well, that's a real measuring stick because you know they they have the talent to hang with the Dodgers. I feel like that lineup. You know, well, without Anderson, that's tough. There, there must, there's uh, Robert didn't play yesterday, so I think they're not playing him every day still because of his injury. 
it's tough. They they, just they don't have them. Eloy, so they're missing three of their top best guys. guys so yeah, so they've had everything, almost everything, go wrong. It's true. But beating the Rays two out of three, maybe that gives them some confidence, and they can start riding the ship. But if your Guardians are playing well and the Twins don't seem to be stopping, it's going to be tough. Yeah, they're really going to have to. Um, they're really going to have to bear down. Um, and I think that they can. Um, you know, if you look at the standings, I mean, they're only they're only five games out. What's and the wild you, card though? What's the Let's take a look at the wild. And there's an extra wild card this year, right? Yeah, I I, I don't even I forgot the rules on the <laughs> God. I will Google while you talk. Jeez. Right now it's uh if the if the season ended today, it'd be the Blue Jays, the Rays, and then I guess if we're adding another wild card, it would be the Red Sox. What's the Red Sox? They're really the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox have been playing really well lately. Man, they've, I really don't pay attention. I really don't pay the, attention to the AL. They've copied the Celtics and have just gone on a tear. Uh, meanwhile, the Angels are in total free fall. Um, yeah, we were talking about that via text. Right. So they're a half game back of the Red Sox, tied with the Guardians. And then the so- White Sox are one game back. And the Texas Rangers are a game and a half back. And now we're really talking the dregs of the American League because all those teams I just mentioned are sub-500 teams. So it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just tough to care. Um, I mean, I get what they, they got to do something, but I don't know. <clears throat> they The Cubs can, I mean, not the Cubs, the Sox, what, if they get Anderson back, Eloy back, Lance Lynn back around the same time. That could be what spurs them to a long winning streak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's their note of optimism. Right. But a lot of people, a couple of my friends who are Sox fans, they're, they're just shaking their head at La Russa. They don't think he's done well this year. I mean, and what about Moncada? When's he coming back? Mankata is back, but he's the same thing. They're like, he's back, but he's not really back. They're bringing him along slowly. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like Robert. And that doesn't help. And their only guy, Abreu's actually picked it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they're Abreu only has good stats. I keep forgetting the guy's name. They have one guy who's playing really well. Who, who cares? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, Vaughn is hitting well. He's he's been, but Dave, even a guy like AJ Pollock, he's been disappointing. Yep. And all it takes is if these guys that are supposed to be good start clicking, they could run off, you know, six, seven game winning streak and, and get right back to it. When that lineup, they expected to play better. Yep. There's an article in the paper about him today. Yep. And Angle, Angle's more of a backup. He's he's a talented guy. He's a great fielder and he's super fast. Not really a good hitter. He's been playing every day. Angle and uh, Garcia too. Yeah, those those aren't everyday players. Those are utility guys. Right. And that that hurts to have those holes in the lineup for them. 
Yeah, I mean they uh, and then Grandal. Grandal is hitting one sixty three. And they had they had Grandal play first for some reason yesterday, and he made a big error, and they only won by one run. I think those are the type of things that are uh, getting this anti Larusa sentiment going. Very very Madden esque of him. Yeah. Um, you put a guy there and he makes a big error. Yeah, and people are like, what are you doing? And LaRusse is like, well, I'm very smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I imagined him to say, too. It's like Madden. Did it's you like know Madden. that I was a lawyer? Yeah. Madden, what are you doing with this uh, batting the pitcher eighth? Well, well, if you knew baseball, like I know baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm smarter than you. Right, right. Um, right. Well, I mean, we we've given you the perfect White Sox content now, Bruce. But I'm sorry. We, have to, we have to move on to the call. All done. God, wake up, listeners. Hope you enjoyed your nap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, many things to say I'm, about You're this. right. Sorry. Sorry. First of all, the Cubs are entering this super intense schedule. Right. They had... What was it? Nine games in seven days against the Cardinals and the Brewers. And the two games before that were against the White Sox. So I was bracing for the worst. So what happens? We beat the White Sox the first game. Second game, we could have won, losing extra innings. Brewers, four games against the Brewers, win two. Not bad. Brewers are playing well. I'll take it. Cardinals. Five game series, we win two and then lose two. So Sunday, yesterday, Henry and I go to the game and I look and it's Wainwright pitching and Jason Hayward's playing. Oh, no. So I text, <laughs> I text Brian and Anthony and going, not looking good. Wainwright is pitching and Hayward is playing. <laughs> <laughs> So then what happens? The Cubs get nine hits off Wainwright. Hayward gets an RBI single. And I called it the best twos habit. Do you know what the twos habit is? No. The twos habit is when the count is two and two and there's two outs on the batter. I mean, uh, the, the count is two and two on the batter and there's two outs. In right. The inning. And Hayward is number 22. Oh, and so when, all lined up. When we used to go to Cubs games all the time, Joe Donatello was always the one who was supposed to yell, the twos have it. So if he didn't yell it, he'd be like, Joe, Joe, look. And then he'd be like, oh, the twos have it. Because Harry would always say that. It was one of the ridiculous things that Harry Carey would always say. Yeah. So I have Henry and Darby always saying it. Numerology. The twos are going on. So I'm like, hey, we could win this game. And, you know, it was 2-0, but... More twos. Yeah. And then the Cardinals tied it up 2-2 two two because Schwindel didn't scoop up the ball again. It yeah. wasn't his error. I think Horner was the one who threw the bad throw, but he should have had it. It's, again, it's a bad throw, but that's your job as a first baseman, and he just can't scoop low throws. Right which is mind boggling. Cause that's, that's something all first basemen should be able to do. 
I'm not saying catch all of them, but the ones he misses, they don't look like they're, they're not good throws, but they don't look like they're ones that are, the bounce is so far away that you can't judge it. It looks like if he just put his mitt down, he'd catch it. Right. It's just like a grounder. It's not like a missile where it's going so fast and it's, it's so errant that you can't get your mitt on it. Right. Well, that's disappointing. So that tied it up and steel, he pitched great. Yeah. The Cardinals lineup is, is loaded. Although for some reason they had uh, Pujols bat cleanup and you should have seen him running to second base. I'm like, all right, if you don't want to play, just go sit down. <laughs> like it was a force play and he didn't even try to run. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Molina looks really old too. And then, so, so then it's the eighth inning. I think it was the eighth. I don't know if we scored in the seventh or the eighth, but we got, I forgot who doubled. I think wisdom doubled. Yeah. And then PJ Higgins pinch hit double. And it's off this guy Cabrera for the Cardinals who throws gas. He has a changeup, a 90 mile per hour changeup. They put the pitches up at Wrigley. I'm like, that's a changeup. It's 90 miles an hour. Wow. And the Cardinals just left him in the whole game. So we're up three to two. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, Robertson can't pitch because he pitched two innings the day before because Ross was trying to get that one. And he did get that one, I think. Mm -hmm. So they brought Wick in, who's been good. And the two guys I hate the most in the Cardinals are Molina and Bader. So, of course, who leads off the inning? Bader and it's a triple and the Cardinals tie it up. And I'm like, oh no, we're done. Yeah. It felt like one of those old Cubs games from like, you know, when they had their stretches where they were maybe not the worst team, but they would lose in heartbreaking ways. That's what that game felt like. I was like swearing into my fist because Henry was sitting next to me. <laughs> and to make matters worse, Three Cardinals fans came and sat in front of us the last few innings. Smug, so smug. Always annoying. Very angry. Always, always but, annoying. But, but when, when we introduced the podcast today, I was saying there's optimism and pessimism. So the optimism is not that bad considering what a rough schedule that was. Yeah. They only got blown out once. They had the 14 to five loss to the Cardinals. They could have won the Cardinals series. They split with the Brewers who are a tough team and they split with the White Sox. So overall, you can't complain with how they're competing, but the little things are what hurt so much because we don't have enough pop in our lineup. I think our lineup's not that bad because they have good at bats. They really didn't even strike out yesterday. Hardly at all. It was a weird game. There was very little strikeouts. There were, there weren't any home runs. It was kind of a bizarre, it was a really fun game to watch, but it was a bizarre game. Yeah. It, was not, it wasn't like a game from the past couple of years. It felt like a game from the seventies almost. And wisdom got thrown out at home and it looked like he wasn't running hard. I don't know if he misread the hit because it was like a 
a blooper in between the second baseman and right field and he got thrown out at home, but I'm watching, I'm at, I'm at the game and I'm like, I don't, it looked like he wasn't running that hard. And then the, I don't know if he didn't hear the coach, right. Or he thought he was going to score easily that and, and Schwindel missing the ball at first base. Those were little things. Yeah. So important because if Schwindel scoops that ball, steel probably gets out of that inning. I felt really bad for him because he, he could have had a nice win against Wainwright, who's having another good year. It's crazy. Steroid. If wisdom scores on that, because it, it was, you know, extra innings. We get we score that run and we save that run. We beat we win the series against the Cardinals, which would have been great. Take three out of five. Yeah. And uh but I, I you look at the lineup, Morell has been playing well. Hap, he's he's staying there. He's staying consistent. MVP. You know what? Well, two things. He's not swinging at bad pitches. And I feel like these veteran guys are throwing them them, and Hap's like, no, I'm not swinging at that anymore. And that's why he's not going into slumps like he usually does. Yeah. And <laughs> Hap hits... 410 lifetime against Wainwright. And Hayward hits 350. I was like, how does that happen? What's the rest of the Cubs career average against Wainwright? Zero? He beats us every time he pitches against us. Right. The Wainwright yeah. killers happen Hayward. Did you throw that stat to Brian? He loves stats. Did he? I just did. I, I texted them because it was at the game. I saw the stats. And I was like, what? <laughs> stats. Yeah, and it's like so. And Schwindel's been better. Wisdom is what he's going to be. Wisdom gets his his big hit. He actually he's looked pretty. He's looked a lot better lately. And Nico's hitting almost three hundred, playing really good defense. That's what you want. The <laughs> the one person who's getting yelled at by some of our friends is Madrigal. And what I want to say is. One, he's been hurt all year. And two, he's barely been our team. Just <laughs> give him a full season before right. you start screaming about him. I know there's there's some people who don't like him because they're like, oh, he's a singles hitter. Well, if he gets a lot of singles, I'll take it. Well, he's not doing that right now, but it's it's only June. So if if he's still bad at the end of the year, okay, maybe you can you can start yelling, but we were all excited, not all of us, but most of us were excited to get him. We thought that was a good pickup when we got him from the Sox. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great pickup for the team. I still think he can be a everyday, a guy you can put at the top of your lineup. Um, I don't think that goes away. I think he's just adjusting to a league. Unfortunately, that might take a while. He said it, his injury was what? was screwing him up. He said he wasn't feeling balanced in the box or something like that. What about uh, a couple more guys? Uh, what about uh, Alfonso Rivas? He's not really playing that much because Schwindel plays all the time. And Rivas, is, he stopped hitting too. I think he's down to 194 or something. The last guy is uh, Clint Frazier. What's your thoughts on him? 
he's another guy who was hurt and came back. So, but he, he's a guy who people have been talking about his potential forever, but now he's at the age where you're like, well, I don't, I just don't think he's ever going to be a good player. He came up late in the game and struck out. Yeah. So I was hoping somebody would get a hit and get us to win, but didn't happen. The If the pitching turned around, if the starting pitching all of a sudden clicked, the Cubs could get respectable. Because the yeah. lineup, lineup's not bad. Bullpen's pretty good. Their, their starting pitching has been their weakest link, and it was supposed to be the opposite. And it's like, well, we have the potential to have a good rotation with Hendricks, Smiley, Miley, and Stroman. But Stroman and Hendricks have struggled. Miley and Smiley have gotten hurt. I love that the Cubs have a rotation of guys called Miley and Smiley. <laughs> they need uh, they need to trade for a guy named Riley. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, if if those guys could pitch, even you know, just decent, that could be the difference. Because, like I said, they're they're competing. They're in most of their games. Just a difference of a run here, a run there, and they could. Uh, I mean, I don't think they could make the playoffs, but maybe they could get to five hundred. Yeah, they got the Orioles, and then they got a three-game set against the Yankees in New York. That will be a this is a rough two weeks for me. Yeah, then. Then San Diego. Brewers, Cardinals, and the Yankees. Yeah. My three least favorite teams. Cups have to play. Right. So I should have taken a road trip to Baltimore to see the Cubs play because Camden Yards is cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the Chicago Sky. Are yes. you gonna answer their complaints? Um, first of all, I feel that I have given them ample, uh, representation, but if you look at my tags, I write WNBA, Chicago sky, crazy James Wade. Uh, <laughs> my tags are, uh, unassailable, unassailable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, um, but to on the uh, on the recap, like on the um, you know the um, Twitter and um, Facebook, uh, re- you know um, intro posts and uh, recap episode titles, I have been giving the sky short shrift. So I pledge to do better. Does it have anything to do with James Wade peeking into your window right now? Absolutely nothing. He's been there all day. He uh, has just changed his ladders. And now... Oh, I'm glad you came prepared. Yeah, he came very prepared. The two-ladder strategy is a good one. Yeah. Last night, he uh, he had a jetpack. I don't know where he got that. But he was jetpacking outside my window. I think uh, Candace Parker has a connection for those. 
obviously because he was like i mean he had these huge goggles on his fire and he's going jag off you you jag off i was like <laughs> that's excellent that's excellent good for james wade he's not fiery he's fiery he's he's also uh he was eating a hoagie uh today on the ladder i was like come on Get a napkin at least james <laughs> There's <laughs> so I hope you're listening, James. Hope you're happy. The Sky are a good team. Happy. I will not okay. say who cares about the Chicago Sky because I want to live. <laughs> the Sky had two nice wins. They're seven and three. Off to a great start. Playing well. And what's funny about it, they're last in the league in three-point percentage. And they're winning 70% of their games. That's impressive. And the other issue they have, they seem to have corrected the rebounding problems that they're having. They're, it's, I think they just probably were like, listen, you guys kind of boxed out. Yeah, we just got to get these loose balls. And they're they're doing that. Their, their defense has been better in that respect. Yeah. But they, what's weird is they're a really strong defensive team, but they still give a lot of layups somehow. Yeah. And that, that's I just defensive that's communication breakdown. Yeah. Maybe yeah. communication and some of these players haven't played together. They have Rebecca Gardner, who's a rookie, and they have Misamin, who was on the Mystics last year. Although Misamin, Misamin's really good on defense. She's not quick. But she's tall, and she anticipates where the ball's going really well. I've been really impressed with her defensively because she's not your typical quick-footed defender. And Bandersloot always playing well on defense, and Candace Parker. Although Candace Parker, I feel like her focus wavers mm. sometimes defensively. But now I'm nitpicking. So two two really nice wins and and yesterday's game they even pulled the starters with three minutes left. We have to go to a sky game. I'd like to. It's it was funny. <laughs> Yesterday, the stadium was almost empty at the start because there's some traffic problem. <laughs> I was uh, I was down in McCormick Place uh, yesterday and. I, Mexico was playing Ecuador at Soldier Field. And that probably was what it was. And people just didn't realize it. And I had to get down. I had to be at McCormick Place yesterday for work. Uh-huh. I had to be there at two o'clock. I left at noon because I was like, well, you never know about traffic. And I barely made it. Two hours. There you go. That's why. The, that's what I mean. This guy, it was pretty full at the end of the game. <laughs> there was like nobody. <laughs> Oh my God. I was sweating bullets. I mean, I, I was like hoofing it through McCormick place. Like, Oh, oh and I made it. Oh, I made it. Uh, oh my God. Um, Too much yeah. going on. Plus, plus uh, the Cubs game. Well, that didn't start till six though. And There's it was going on. nice weather. Yeah. Nice weather. Big medical meeting at um, McCormick place. So that's like. Oh, the medical awesome. meeting. Tons of traffic. 
Yes, I, I had to get there for the medical meeting. Make fun of the medical meeting all you want, but that is a big deal in Chicago and at McCormick Place. <laughs> right. um, but anyways. I'm not going to have you disparage medical meeting. <laughs> but back to the sky. Yes, sorry. Their team is so good. I don't, it's, it's gotta be tough coaching them because there's so many good players on their team. You need a strong, they added another bench player. They're starting to play her more. Uh, Let me, let me pull up their roster, but they're backup. So you have Rebecca Gardner, who's been great. 31 year old rookie, great defense gets to the basket. Just really impressive. And Azaree Stevens, she's six six, can shoot threes, good on defense, handles the ball, and she's a backup. These are backups I'm talking about. A lot of their backups could start. Ruthie Hebard, that's their new one. She's a backup, and she's starting to play well. So it's just an embarrassment of riches. Dana Evans is their backup point guard. She made a shot from like three quarters court at the third quarter buzzer. And she's, she's a really good three point shooter. And one, another encouraging thing yesterday. So they're worst in the league in three point percentage, but Ellie Quigley, who's one of the best shooters in the league, they finally got her a couple threes. And I, I felt like she was moving better yesterday because a couple games before that she, she was running on court and I'm like, she looks like she's in pain. Hmm. But yesterday, it looked like she was moving a lot better. Okay. So maybe that that's the key, is now she's going to start helping out even more. And hopefully they just remain at this level and start making – if they start making threes and get better with their transition defense, they, they could repeat. Who uh, Who do they have coming up? I don't know. I got, I got frustrated because they don't play enough games. Right. They're playing – oh, they played the Mystics again who they beat. Well, the Mystics are a good team. The Mystics are 7-4, and four, so their record is almost the same as the Sky. And one of their best players didn't play yesterday, so that might be a tough game for them. And then they play the Sun. Well, actually, they have three games coming up, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. The New York Liberty, who they beat earlier in the year. Stephanie Dolson's on their team. He was on the championship team last year. I'm not, I don't really know anything about the Sun. So I, I don't know if that's – I haven't heard much about them, so I don't think they're one of the better teams in the league. Hmm. But – Let's look at the standings. Um, oh, the Connecticut Sun, they're first. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they were pretty good. They are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think one of their players was the MVP of the league last year. Yeah. I don't know. And I think only oh, the Sky beat them last year. It was an upset in the playoffs. It could be a good day. They were the one seed. Yeah, it could be a That'll good be, test. That'll be a good game to watch. Okay. Oh. All right. I'm learning. I'm learning about the WNBA. Len has set his DVR. I do. I do record 
sky versus sun in a I feel like the Jagbags listener owes my complete focus. So I've been recording the games. Yes. Um, what we I've been interviewing uh, Jagbags uh, correspondents for um, a full-time position as Chicago Sky Reporter. It's been going on for like a month. Well, I'm very thorough. Any progress? Oh, we've got, I've got a list of candidates. Don't you worry. Um, I've got. I heard Connor Pilton had to drop out because he's playing baseball. Landon Hudson interviewed and he gave me a <laughs> twenty-page scouting report on Kobe Bryant. So I was like, "No, Landon, this is not what I needed." Try <laughs> again. And then Landon told me to STFU and threw it in my face and walked out. <laughs> so you know, I think I. And you were like. What does Felix Unger have to do with this? <laughs> I need to refine my search terms, I think. Right. Well, why don't we move on to your I recommend? Uh, so I recommend the newest season of The Boys. Which oh, you start, I, I got to watch it. Just started it. Um, they have ramped up the gore uh tenfold i mean they must have done their market research and said wow our test our audiences really respond well to all the blood spatter i thought it was pretty gory before they that's what, have, they're, that's what they're talking about what stranger things too the gore levels going up i watched the first two episodes of stranger things is that gory yeah but i heard it, it's it's gory the whole way throughout that's what pretty much everybody who's watched it has said I mean, three, I think the three episodes, three or four episodes in, and it is like, Jesus Lord. A lot of blood. Lot so, of blood. wait, you've seen, you've seen all three? Yeah. Oh. So, a lot of disgusting. <laughs> there was one where, like, I was eating, I made them do not eat dinner and watch <laughs> the boys. <laughs> I was eating dinner. I was like, oh, well, I'll eat this later. <laughs> oh, my God. And look, we were not even like five minutes, five, ten minutes into like the episode one. And I lost my appetite because <laughs> I was like, criminy Christ. With no spoilers, they introduced some new characters, right? Uh, yes. What did you think of the new characters? Uh, I'm liking them. Um. So you think it's, oh, do you think it's on the level of the first two seasons? Too early to tell. There okay. are some interesting twists. Um, there are some interesting kind of character, um, you know, kind of like shifting of their perspective and of their, um, you know, viewpoints of like the world and the vault and of their position in it all. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm definitely entertained. The action hasn't completely ramped up. I want more action. Um, I want more evil. Like um, the one thing I will say is uh, uh, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, he's doing a great job. Yeah, he's uh, great. In this series, I mean, the directors have told him, hey, 
we literally want you now. Now we want you like barely sane. <laughs> we want you. Well, he was nuts at the end of season two. Yeah. Now you're back. And literally we want you hanging on by the thinnest of threads. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what the director told him. And he's doing a great job with it. Yeah. He really is doing a great job um, with it. Um, I feel like um, Starlight is um uh i feel like starlight is becoming a little boring um and i'm starting to get annoyed with huey mm-hmm. um although i don't feel like that's jack quaid's fault I, jack quaid i feel is kind of limited as an actor which is surprising giving his lineage mm-hmm. i think both his parents are terrific actors mm-hmm. um but I think Jack Quaid is, I don't know. I think he only does a couple things well. Um, John Carlo Esposito is just delightful. He's just perfect casting. Um, and uh, I want more of him. But sometimes I guess less is more. Because mm-hmm. when he comes in, you know, you're like, whoa, okay. Um, the, uh, the harried... Uh, Vought assistant, I forget her name. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. She's, uh, she's starting to do some interesting things because she has risen. You know, uh, now she holds some position of power. She's not a total lapdog. Um, and there's a couple of nice scenes where, just like a line or two, where she's kind of throwing her power around within the seven. And um, um, so that's interesting. I'm looking to see more of that because she's doing it well. The actress is. Ashley Barrett is her name in the show. Yes. Um, and then finally, the, 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 the characters of the Deep and A-Train are just, they're the most just pathetic characters. <laughs> the they really, really is. are just pathetic, <laughs> pathetic people. <laughs> And the guy who plays A-Train, he does such a great job because he really captures that this guy is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the worst. And, uh, but he, um, I'm starting to hope that there can be redemption for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where he may be going. I'm hoping that's where it goes. And then the deep, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, he's starting to get a conscience too. And I'm like, all right, maybe I can root for you because you're completely just, you're pathetic. <laughs> and and uh, you uh, have nothing, you have nothing that's redeeming um, and you get pushed around. But I feel like you can only push it around so much. And then finally, Carl Urban is just so fun to watch as, yeah. as Bill the Butcher and um, and they're taking uh, that character. They're really taking him uh, along with Homelander. They're taking them both to you know the dark, dark places mm-hmm. where you knew you knew Homelander was going. You kind of knew Butcher was going too. And uh, Butcher's already kind of he's another guy who's losing touch with um, you know reality and his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so. Um, so far I am, it's, 
it's definitely grabbing me, but I can't tell whether it's grabbing me because it's a nice plot setup or whether it's grabbing me because I've been so invested in these characters since the beginning that I'm willing to follow them. Um, I feel yeah. like they're just holding our attention now with like setting everything up, set up, set up, set up, yeah. set up, set up. Set I think up. they've earned that right by having yeah. two great seasons. Agreed. So that would make sense. And you got to have some exposition, which is never as interesting as when you're really in the thick of it. I agree. And I don't, the last, two last things. One is they're holding, our, uh, I think, viewers' attention with just ramping up the blood and guts and body parts and just that. Um, and two, um, the one thing I, 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 I think it's intentional, I don't like the way that Huey is treating Starlight, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure that's an intentional thing on, because they can't keep Huey and Starlight together forever as the golden couple. Right. And they're, so they're together and Starlight is like the only kind of semi-spoilers, like Starlight's like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is the worst. <laughs> I, could be, I could be murdered at any moment, <laughs> you know? And Huey is like, no, you gotta stay in there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nah. Actually, I spoke with everybody and you gotta stay. Even though I'm your boyfriend, I say I love you and you're absolutely right. You could be killed. You gotta stay. Um, <laughs> if I were Starlight, I'd be like, F you, <laughs> which I mean, I think I, I'm sure that's a intentional thing. So anyway, the boys season All three, right. I'm, I'm ready. So I have two I recommends. All right. The first one is a magazine, the most recent Vanity Fair. And I feel like you were the guest editor on this one. <laughs> it's tailor made for you. All right. Really good article on the Star Wars TV shows, oh. Obi-Wan and the others that are coming up on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. A scene analysis of from the show Gaslit. Yes. Starring our <laughs> friend of Jag Bags and co-owner of the upcoming theme restaurant Mashwater, Sean Penn. Oh. And an article on Matthew, let me see if I'm saying his name right, Matthew McFadden from Succession. Oh, wonderful. So it's just, I'm like, I should just walk this over to Beef's house right now. <laughs> Plus there's interview with Jennifer Coolidge and Tasha Leone. I mean, that's for me. I, I like both of them. I love uh, them both too. It was so good. So I was like, I have to do this as an I recommend. You got to read it. Got to read it. Yeah. Star Wars cover too. Yep. My, <laughs> I thought you'd be more excited, Beef. I'm excited. I really am. You're worn I'm out from the faxes, from the I, Bruce and the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm under. James Wade, Vandersloot, all, I'm under. All on your case. Yeah, I got James Wade now. <laughs> He's uh, digging a trench. Uh, <laughs> And he's putting on his minor. I, see him, I see him in your window and he's holding up a sign that says, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I see. I guess he's waiting till the next podcast comes out and how, see how you advertise it. Yeah, he's got a lot of, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's very demanding. That's how he gets the most out of these guys. <laughs> out, out of his players. My other I recommend is, so Darby today, why don't we go to White Castle? I go, we'll go to White Castle. 
And <laughs> so I go to White Castle and I see, I guess last year was their hundredth anniversary, but they're celebrating more now because things are pretty much opened up completely. So they have something called the 1921 White Castle slider. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. So I, I say to the kids and to the cashier, I'm like, have they been holding on to this hamburger for 101 years? And after the silence that ensued. Oh, I, by silence, you mean hysterical laughter at your <laughs> masterful wit. <laughs> I was elbowing people next to me. I'm like, where's my thumbs up? <laughs> so, so we got our food. And I sit down and I take, a, summoned. I take a bite. Delicious. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'll try it. It's like a hamburger, like a real hamburger, not a slider. Like, this uh, is good. <laughs> I love it. Not as uh, great as my joke was, but I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> really good. Len, as always, the pinnacle of health. Uh, <laughs> Darby wanted to go over there. Come to Jag Bags for nutrition <laughs> tips. <laughs> it had lettuce and tomato on it, beef. That's vitamins. Very healthy. <laughs> What's it called? The 1921? Uh... Yeah, because I guess that's when White Castle was formed. Oh, 100 years of poison. I mean, of flavor. <laughs> White Castle is the 1921 slider. Yep. It tastes like a good hamburger. Okay. I was completely shocked. There you go. I'm like, the Jag Bags listeners need to know. You come in, like, I will never, I never come here and nothing plays like, Len, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Your usual today? Give me a 12 pack of the 1921s. I don't I'm know. Like, you, you haven't been holding them for a hundred more years, have you? <laughs> We're all friends there, Beef. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a great time at the castle. At the ca at the castle. <laughs> Len's home away from home. Please don't kill me, James Wade, but I may make White Castle the headline of the recap episode. <laughs> Give me James Wade. Uh-oh. No, he's lighting up the flamethrower. I mean, yeah. I, Candace I mean, Parker has a connection for those, too. Yeah. He's taking target practice on that boxwood bush shot. So there it goes. He's saying, Beave, this is your head. <laughs> well, Rolling Stone top five words are Beave. Let's hear it. All right, super quick. Album 347, GZA Liquid Swords from uh, the Wu-Tang uh, solo member. Uh, awesome. Awesome in every respect. Um yeah, I you know they're fun. Wu Tang Clan is fun, uh, and uh, I enjoy uh, anything Wu Tang Clan re related. And uh, yeah, Liquid Swords. I would even put this uh, higher just because the lyrics are the greatest. Um, and uh, basically, all they're talking about is kung fu and <laughs> killing, and you know magical powers and more kung fu. And I'm here for it. Um, I heard you're trying to get that one copy of the Wu-Tang Clan album. 
That's yeah. That scumbag bot. Scumbag. He was at the medical is he, meeting. Is he in jail now? Uh, he's out. He was at the medical meeting. Oh, really? No, he was not at the medical meeting, but <laughs> he probably. Uh, medical uh, meeting. Yeah. Uh, at McCormick Place, the McCormick Medical Meeting. McCormick Medical Meeting. Great alliteration. Yeah, we like it. We like uh, that's how we get people to go um, uh, to those to those meetings. The uh, album three forty six is the Arctic Monkeys AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great album. I like the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, this is a great great record, um, and um, you know I I there's only a couple Arctic Monkeys albums that I don't like. But uh, they're mostly real strong, and uh, and uh, AM is one of my favorites. It, it's very, yeah. I wouldn't call it like punk rock, but it's kind of like commercial. It's not even like seventies or eighties. It's just it's kind of timeless. And uh, their lead singer should be awful, um, but somehow it works. I yeah, I think the production isn't overdone. Right. That's, that's part of the reason I like them and the lyrics are good. Yep. I like the lead singer. And why, <laughs> why do you only call him when you're high? That's my favorite song in that album. All the jams, uh, that, uh, Arabella is a jam. Uh, are you mine? Jam. Uh, do I want to know? Jam, um, knee socks, jam. Um, yeah, I they're like kind of indie blues rock, and yeah, that's just it's solid. What's your solid favorite record. album of theirs? What's that? What's your favorite album of theirs? I'd go AM. I like their debut, also excellent. That's what made me interested in them. Was I bet you look good on the dance floor. Yeah. But yeah, AM's good too. Yeah, that album is solid. And um, another one that I really like is um, uh, Humbug, I like, is good. And uh, and Suck It and C is not bad either. But their last album, Tranquility Basin Hotel and Casino, I thought was kind of boring. I think I liked it. Um, I love perhaps va- vampires is a bit strong, but <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, on Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. But, no, it's on. Uh, it's on their debut. Oh yeah, their <laughs> debut was solid. <laughs> it's like saying, "All you people are vampires." Right. It's scathing. <laughs> scathing from Alex Turner. Uh, that's a great. Uh, the view from the afternoon is great. Uh, Marty Bum, I love Marty Bum. Um, from the Ritz to the Rubble, awesome. You can tell they're English when they have a song called Marty Bum. I know, right? Anyway, oh, Fake Tales of San Francisco, that's a great song. Yeah, that's a great, great album. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to bust that out. Yep. I hope this is on the top 500. Bring it to liquor, liquor box tonight for our post-recording party that we always have, our epic parties. 
we'll have to uh, kick boiling out. I'm going to bring Wade with him. Like James, put down, put down the shovels and your weapons. We're going to liquor box. And I'm texting I'm, Vandersloot right now. Maybe you guys can have a powwow. There you go. Over some 1921 burgers. Oh God. Well, don't bring them around boiling because you'll eat them all. <laughs> when he's not, I don't, I don't bring anyone around boiling. When he's not lo- lobbying Wade and um, uh, Vandersloot for a job. Your soft spot for boiling. Come on, stop. Oh, come on. He's a good janitor. He keeps the uh, he keeps the uh, the bar back clean. That's all you want. Just we have to work on his gas. But I've I've given him some medication, and I think he's got that under control. But he absolutely cannot have one of these nineteen twenty one uh, whatever uh, sandwiches that you seem to enjoy. Um, Anyway, my last album for Rolling Stone uh, Top 500 is uh, number 345, Bruce Springsteen, The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shovel Shuffle. I think this album is, I don't know. I just, I think it's so overrated. And really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people really like it. And you're a big Springsteen fan. I know. Well, you know, we're going to get into this uh, in an upcoming podcast where I talk about Bruce Springsteen versus Billy Joel. And I feel like what does them in here is that this, all the songs on here are so much better live, so much mm-hmm. better live. Mm-hmm. And so when I, all I think of when I listen to this album is I'd much rather hear the live versions of Rosalita and I'd, so much rather hear the live version of 4th of July, Asbury Park. Um, you know, all those uh, for you, um, all those songs. Um, and uh, so while I think it's good, I don't think it's top 500. Um, but that's a unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Not my favorite Springsteen album. I, I agree with you on that. Although I do think the studio version of Rosalita is great. I think it's okay, but I just think the live version is a, a billion times. But you've seen them. Yeah. That affects your view of it. Right. I've never seen them live. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredibly impressive. I, I just like listen to like that, remember that huge box set that he put out right after Born in the USA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just... Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. I listened to the last year, I think. Yeah. After our Springsteen podcast. Yeah. So, but uh I think uh like Billy Joel, who we'll we'll talk about, he had trouble putting that magic of his live shows uh onto recording, which he onto an actual into the studio which he eventually figured out and so did Billy Joel. Um, mm. But more to come on that. That's a preview of our upcoming Billy Joel uh, podcast where I will talk about the unexpected similarities between the two um, artists. So those are my Rolling Stone top 500 albums um, reviews. Should we get to the 80s bracket?
Yes. Why don't you talk about one of the matchups that you were upset about? And yes, then we can discuss some of the ones I was upset about. Yes. So Len is so upset by my, um, you know, preference of Charday to Aerosmith that he has to leave the room. Um, but the fact that Charday couldn't even beat Aerosmith. <laughs> that I was mean, very entertaining. Aerosmith. You know how much Aerosmith won by? Uh, one vote, right? One vote. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that somehow is even crueler. It's even more cruel that uh, that they lost that she lost by one vote. Um, but that, that was very entertaining though, because people were like, Aerosmith in the eighties was the worst. No, I mean eighties Aerosmith sucks. I don't think it sucks, but they they have compared Ragdoll, to the seventies. Ragdoll is one of the worst songs of all time. Uh, and, I'll give you uh, that. Love in an elevator. That. I hate that song. I don't mind loving an elevator, but 70s Aerosmith is a lot better than 80s, but I don't think 80s Aerosmith is terrible, but there was like five people saying that they were terrible. Listen, you know, as we talked about Chardet, uh, Chardet is refined and sophisticated. And that's what I go for in my <laughs> 80s music, is refined sophistication. We talked about B's evolution as a human last week. Yes. Going along this line again. Right. Yeah. So that was uh, so that was a crime. That was wrong. Uh, also, uh, Billy Squire losing is yeah. Billy Squire got beat pretty handily too by Robert Palmer. I mean, I don't get it. I think they're both. If if you're gonna vote for just eighties, they're both pretty equally eighties. Agreed. Billy Squire is very eighties. Right. Robert Palmer has the addicted to love video. And I think that really stands out to people. Maybe. I thought, I thought Squire would have done better than he did. I was, and, and, and Robert Palmer won pretty easily. Yeah. See, that's wrong. <laughs> hey, Brian was upset. That's his favorite. As were Joe and I. Yeah. So, so that was a um, so that so that got me. I was sad that Elvis Costello lost. And please listen to our Elvis Costello podcast. Um, because that, uh, that was that matchup I thought was pretty interesting too, because Beastie Boys only two albums in the eighties, but two super influential, popular ones. Agreed. Elvis Costello, pretty prolific in the 80s. Yes. But not as well known as the 70s stuff. Right. So that was because a couple of people thought the Beastie Boys are more 90s, but they still won. And I felt like the Beastie Boys should be in the bracket because of those two albums, because those are the ones that get, I think get talked about first mm -hmm. when you're talking about them. Right. Uh, two, two, two more things. First of all, uh, Steve Winwood losing. Your thoughts? 
I knew, it was I, knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah. I don't plan anything out in these brackets. I seed them, and then I try to blindly match them up. Like I go, okay, there's an eight seed, there's a nine seed. I don't go, no, it would be a good matchup, this against this. I never do that. If that happens, it's just lucky. Okay. I mean, like a interesting one. Yeah. So when he landed against ZZ Top, I'm like, he's going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people for uh, people forget how huge Steve Winwood was in the 80s. They do. Arc of a Diver, pretty popular. Back in the high life, one of the most popular albums of the 80s. Yep. Every song got played. Huge hits. I think people that just leaves their memory for whatever reason not mine and i think you like steve winwood pretty well pretty much too mm-hmm. but you remember you remember the videos that wasn't a case in our 70s bracket but you remember sharp dressed man you remember legs so you're thinking zz top was bigger but i i bet winwood probably sold more albums than they- interesting kind of who sold more albums in the 80s zz top or winwood i'll bet that's close i think i bet you winwood did hmm but I, I didn't think he was going to win that one. Once I saw I was like, oh, no. <laughs> right. And, well, real quick before we end it. Joan Jett upsetting Brian Adams. I was surprised by that. I was, too. I know she's she just made a rock hall, and she's kind of a pioneer. But I thought, I thought Brian Adams would get that one. Hey, who won uh, Devo versus Hall and Oates? I thought that was. I neat. haven't. Oh, have I totaled it up? I might have totaled it up. Hall and Oates won. Yeah. That one people got mad about. Yeah. I think because Devo fans are pretty passionate. And there were a lot of comments about <laughs> Hall and Oates have some of the worst songs ever. <laughs> that made one person not vote for them. And then one person said, I'm still voting for them. <laughs> they have another enough good ones to outlast the bad ones and that's yeah. it is a good point because uh, for me a song like method of modern love that's terrible but they have a lot of great ones to counter it so when we're done with the bracket i have to i'm gonna pick who i would pick and there's a lot there's a lot of tough choices Billy Ocean almost beat the Rolling Stones. That was close. Well, the Stones 80s bracket is, or the Stones 80s output is, it's, you know, it's a little suspect. Yeah, I, I think Billy Ocean is too much of a singles guy. If Billy Ocean had like some album that had taken off, maybe he, he gets the vote. But you, you think of him as, just like this guy who had hits. You don't think yeah. of him as like an artist who had this great discography or anything. Right, right, right. And uh, well, two quick, two more quick ones before we, because we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this guy next week. Clapton got destroyed <laughs> for <Bad>. many reasons. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of like historical, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Pretty fun. I like I like Clapton's. I, I think August August is really good. And one of my friends is like August is terrible. I'm like I think August is a really good album. I'm with your friend on August. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
but was there anything else that you were happy about or upset about like real happy or real upset uh i was mad cool and the gang lost but you like huey lewis a lot too i know i I mean if they if they have to lose if they have to lose i'm glad it's to huey lewis i was that was a good matchup though because they're very similar they both had tons of hits and i think huey has more name recognition name recognition for the 80s right I think that's why Huey won that one. Now I think that Depeche Mode, Depeche Mode got a rough draw against Prince. Um, I don't. I don't think Depeche Mode is going to beat. No, no. Prince Prince is running away with that one. That was a, that was a tough draw, but I think New Order is going to do well. New yeah, New Order might be might get the upset. Against Mellencamp. Um, yeah, that's a that's a close one. Um, so very interesting. But what what I've been saying, I've had a couple of people talk about Depeche Mode to me. What I say about Depeche Mode is, I think Violators are best album. That came out in the nineties. If Violator came out in the eighties, maybe their seeds higher, and they don't have to go against Prince right away. Um. Finally, the last thing is that I noticed uh, now that I think the first round is totally over. Um, I note that Loverboy does not appear anywhere. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's bullshit. Steve is faxing himself right now. I mean, maybe you the don't. The tears remember. of Mike Reno are covered in his Jag Bags template. Maybe you don't remember the Canadian outfit that gave us Turn Me Loose. <laughs> Hot Girls in Love. Queen of the Broken Hearts. The 80s anthem working for the weekend. Timeless. It's okay, Reeve. I'm voting. We'll talk more on this. I'm my final, my final thing, because we've gone very long. In this By week. the way, James Wade is outside nodding his head. Yes, beef. Yes, you tell them. Oh, good. You're bonding. We are. We're bonding over. I'll, I'll, I'll see you at Liquor Box in about half an hour. James Wade's like, when, when it's over, underrated jam. <laughs> my final note is I was worried McCartney was going to get shut out. <laughs> we went up against Culture Club. Because it was looking like that. And then our friend Chris Markham voted for him. Voted for McCartney over Culture Club. Funny. He ended up he ended up getting maybe four votes. He's got crushed. Crushed. But at least he didn't get shut out. How quickly they forget. He's only he was only in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I didn't expect him to do real well, but I thought he deserved to be in the bracket. Is George in the bracket? No. Yeah, he only had one 80s album. Anyway. This was a long one. This was a long uh, recap episode. But chock full of information. Good recommendations. Yes. Expertise. In the end, that's what you pay us for. Yep. Is the expertise. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks very much for listening. 
You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe to our podcast. You can find Jag Bags on any reputable podcast platform. Subscribe. And a few of uh, ill repute too. Well, yes. A few of ill repute is correct. Part of the underground podcast nation. We're very popular there on the dark web. The dark for jag bags where you get pride. jag bags uncensored get to oh, a true god. heart oh hell of lennon beef oh my god um buy a t-shirt i'm wearing mine and you should be wearing yours mm-hmm. at all times twenty dollars what a steal a small price to pay for popularity acceptance respect good health And you can buy that. You can buy all those with just one simple Jag Bags t-shirt. Connor Pilkington has a Jag Bags t-shirt. He does, Connor. And we all want to follow the lead of the great Connor Pilkington. Connor Pilkington, Cleveland Guardians legend. (laughs) Has a Jag Bags t-shirt. Be like Connor with a K. Uh, Tune in. As always, we, you can find us at jagbags.simplecast.com. Tell a friend or five about us. Thanks for listening tonight to our recap episode. And when you're ready to listen, put some jag bags in your ear. <laughs>